Hi, my name is Umberto Mucci, and this is We the Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. <clears throat> Today is Thursday, July 8, 2021. The 56.5% of the Italian population have received the first dose of the vaccine, and 37.1% of the Italian population is fully vaccinated. Considering only the over 12 targeted by the vaccination campaign, the percentage, the percentage of, the la- of at least partially protected is 66.4% while 41.2% are fully vaccinated. The regions who fully vaccinated the highest percentage of the population are Lombardy, Puglia, Lazio, Molise and Friuli Venezia Giulia. <coughs> Those who instead vaccinated the lowest percentage of the population are Sicily, Calabria, Basilicata, Trentino, Alto Adige and Valle d'Aosta. Vaccinations continue, but there are concerns about how we are handling the spread of the virus. <coughs> Among the new positives of the last month, 21% are under 18 years old. Between the vacations, the stop to the mandatory outdoor mask, the various summer parties and celebration of the ease and restrictions, the average age of positives has dropped tragically similarly, similar to the summer of 2020. Just like last year, the curve of the median age of those infected is dropping. In March it was just under 50, in May it was under over 40, and today it is down to 36. Last year, in August, due to outbreaks in vacation resorts, fell to 28 years, and in theory, the trend could be the same in the coming weeks. It is true that vaccines are an exceptional help, but the Delta variant of the virus is much more dangerous than the one that was predominant last year. The restart of school in September is at risk of postponement. There are still 200,000 unvaccinated school workers and the government commissioner for the COVID emergency has harshly warned the regions to make sure to complete before September these vaccinations. It also does not help the celebration for the success of the national soccer team at the European Soccer Championships. When Italy wins in these tournaments, Italians are happy to celebrate together in the streets, hugging and screaming and singing all united and close. It's really wonderful to watch Italians happy once again, but all this is a formidable risk of contagion of the virus, and the images of the celebrations are very beautiful and very worrying at the same time. A light is glimpsed at the end of the tunnel of the economic crisis from COVID-19. In Italy and in Europe, a stronger light than was visible in the spring. In a country, GDP is growing by 5% this year. In last spring's forecast, Italy's growth was 0.8% lower. Italian GDP will also grow by 4.2% next year, according to the summer economic forecasts presented today by the European Commission, although Italy will reach pre-crisis levels only during 2022, while other European countries will reach them in 2021. However, the European Commission has stated that for now, it has evaluated only the positive impact of the reopening due to the improvement of virus conditions and of the investments of the recovery plan, and not uh, that of the reforms that for Italy can increase the possibility of growth in the following years in a significant way. (coughs) Italy is, however, among the countries with the highest GDP growth rate for this year. And I confess that in my memory, I do not remember a year in which the economy has said this Eba. Italians are proving to be among the best at rolling up our sleeves. The vaccination campaign that changed the pace was the basic condition, but on top of it rested numerous positive factors, behaviors that in turn fueled the climate of confidence. Businesses went back to planning investments. From there, a trail was generated that strengthened from April onwards with an index of confidence among consumers that began to climb back 
and then in June surpassed the February 2020 level, recording the highest since October 2018. The resilience of Italian companies emerges by cross-referencing a number of studies conducted during the harshest months of the pandemic and the restart phase, from which both the great initial bewilderment and the positive reaction emerge. The pandemic forced the manufacturing companies to take extraordinary measures to protect employees and operations. Companies found themselves split into three blocks. Those who had already implemented the innovative industry systems and solutions on a large scale. Those who were in the process of, of implementing new models and those who had not even considered the fourth industrial revolution. The Italian industrial system has held up well. Despite the pandemic crisis, over 60% of Italian companies have continued to invest capital in projects linked to the smart factory paradigm, dedicating more than a third of the overall investment budget to digital. Going into even greater detail, we discover the three areas on which Italian companies are focusing their efforts, also demonstrating a greater degree of maturity than in other geographies. Automation of warehouses and distribution centers for 57%, Use of sensors capable of detecting the quality of product and business process, 53%, as smart and interconnected products thanks to the Internet of Things technologies, 40%. <coughs> now, there are three less institutional things I'd like to tell you about to conclude the video. The first is a sad one. Italy has lost its queen of pop, a fantastic woman who, throughout her life and career, has been an icon of Italianness of performing, of good manners and respect, of talent, of joy and happiness in the world of entertainment. Raffaella Carrà left us two days ago and all of Italy mourns her. She revolutionized the Italian entertainment, the music and television like no other Italian artist. She has never been the protagonist of a controversy, an argument, a world out of place, but she has always changed the schemes, innovated, revamped languages, customs, fashion, elegance, ways of approaching to the public. All Italian style with the talent, that sprezzatura, that simplicity, that serenity, that joy, that charisma that only Italian women have. Every Italian remembers her and regrets her death. She was truly the greatest and with her, with her dies an elegant and respectful way of doing things that can no longer be found in today's Italian show business and probably in every other country's show business. The second and third no institutional things concern the sporting successes of Italy and coincidentally both happened in London. Matteo Berrettini is in the semi-finals of Wimbledon, the most important tennis tournament in the world. It, has, it had been 61 years since an Italian had come this far on the grass of Wimbledon, a surface almost impossible to find on Italian tennis courts. And also in London, very close to Wimbledon actually, in Wembley, but in soccer, as mentioned before, the Italian national team's, uh, team is in the final of the European Championship. It will play on Sunday against the hosts, the English national team. Almost all of Europe will be cheering for Italy, because who doesn't love Italy and the Italians? Because our players are more talented, more nice and more handsome than the English ones. Also because after Brexit, there is not a lot of sympathy in Europe uh, for the English who have left the European Union, that is the political part of Europe, but continue to be part of geographical and sporting Europe and indeed half of the money that goes around in European soccer ends up in the English league. And finally, because the referees, the draws and UEFA, the European organization that organizes every football event, helped England a lot 
and this was not liked by a lot of European fans. So this time we are underdogs. Italy is the underdogs. The Italian national team has risen again after the failure of 2018 when it did not qualify for the World Cup for the first time since 1956 and it was a shame for all Italians. You know very well that soccer is the national sport and today to see the Azzurri win is extra extraordinary and good for all Italians wherever they are in the world. I've seen people celebrating in Brooklyn and in other parts of the United States too. It would be amazingly beautiful to win in their stadium, in the English stadium, in their capital, in London, in their home, in Wembley. And it would be fantastic for all the Italians who live in London and sometimes have not been very welcome, exactly like happened to the Italians who emigrated to the United States. By the way, remember that in 2026, the World Soccer Championship will be played in Canada, Mexico and the United States. And we Italians is already planning to do something about it. <coughs> On Sunday, the President of the Republic, Mattarella, will attend a match at the stadium in Wembley and this reminds all Italians of when President Pertini in 1982 went to see the final of the World Cup in Spain. That day it was Italy against Germany and ended 3-1 for us. The English invented soccer but have only won one trophy as a national team in their history in 1966, while Italy won five. Every year England celebrates its national soccer, national soccer team, hoping it will win with the motto, it's coming home. For them, home of soccer is England. And on Sunday it will be either it's coming home or it's coming Rome. I am still a bit voiceless today for the cheers of last Tuesday, but the hope is that on the next episode of With Italian News on Monday, the day after the final, I'll be completely voiceless from screaming and singing and celebrating on Sunday night because Italy would have been winning. Forza Azzurri! It's all for now, it's all for today. This was With Italian News. I'll see you next uh, Thursday. Next, uh, sorry, next Monday. Ciao from Rome.